Good morning. Um, I'd like to first begin this morning. I, I just want to publicly um, thank God uh, for my mom. Um, she's not here, by the way. Um, so, and she's not listening either. Um, but I, God is, um, and so are you. I want to publicly thank God uh, for my mom because it's, it's three years um, tomorrow. Three years ago tomorrow that uh, my mom was rushed to the ER and uh, with an impacted bowel because of medications that she was taking for her rheumatoid arthritis. And she went into immediate emergency surgery and it was a flip of the coin whether or not she would come off table. Um, and then it was less than a week after that that she had another emergency surgery because she was septic. And uh, they had to remove her colon uh, because it was basically dead. And they inserted an ileostomy bag. And that was another, it was less than a flip of the coin then, uh, whether or not she would come off the table alive. And spending about two months, two and a half months in ICU, um, and we have mom today. Um, she's still alive. She's frail, but she's still kicking, and she's, she's impacting people's life. She's making the most of every opportunity, um, and so I just want to thank my God for that, and I know that um, we celebrate moms today, um, but I also know that today's not an easy day for some. It's not an easy day for some. And uh, um, so for you, um, for those of you that today is a difficult day for you, I just want you to know that um, I love you and we love you. We're with you um, as best that we can. We're with you in prayer. Um, and so uh, I'd like to pray. Um, so Father, um, for those of us that are celebrating and those of us that are remembering, we, we ask that you enter into that, enter into the celebration, enter into the hard moments and the hard time. Um, and uh, we love you. Um, you were the God of comfort, and I firmly believe that, that you can enter in and do miraculous work in our hearts and that we can feel and sense your comfort and that peace that helps us walk through life when it's difficult. Um, with that said, God, um, what is about to be said today, uh, I really hope and pray that um, you, you speak and that it's, it's your truth, it's your word, um, it's not me, um, and that uh, we open our hearts to you right now. And as we're in a spirit of prayer, I'm going to ask that you who are sitting here and those of you that are listening, over the podcast or the online, will you just ask the Lord to speak to you and will you open your heart to Him? He's not going to open your heart. You've got to open that up. Will you open your heart to Him? Tell Him that right now. God, I open my heart to you. Even though I'm preaching, I know you can still talk to me. <laughs> and... Uh, I ask that you teach me as well. Um, and may I take what you have 
you've given me and taught me, and may we uh, also, all of us, um, put it into action. I love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray today. Amen. Well, with that, um, uh, those are the the scriptures, John, Colossians, Philippians, Ephesians. We're going to come to those. Those will be up on the screen today. Um, With that, uh, my mom is, uh, she grew up very poor. And growing up very poor, she learned uh, how to stretch anything and everything in the food pantry that, that our stomachs would be full. Um, I, I really loved uh, dinner. Uh, I still do. Man, how I love dinner. Um, I just love food. Um, but uh, she, she had this, uh, she would never let us walk out of the house uh, for school on an empty stomach. We always had to have a hot meal, uh, whether it would be cocoa wheats, um, oatmeal, uh, scrambled eggs, and on the very rare occasion when we could afford it, bacon. Yes. And never, it wasn't a, an Ambrose breakfast unless you had that large, circular, vitamin C chewable before you walked out. The, every, every, it'll keep you from getting sick. And so... Always the vitamin C. So that, that was breakfast. But see, for me, it was dinner. I, I loved our dinners. Um, Friday nights was, was Ambrose pizza night. Homemade pizza um, with Dukes of Hazard and Little House on the Prairie. Um, I guess not in that order. Uh, strike that and reverse it. And then we would have the poor man's pie and fire. Um, just bread, sugar, and whatever filling that we could put in it, and we just put it in the fire. Um, and then Saturday mornings, any leftover dough would be the cinnamon rolls for breakfast, and she would make cinnamon rolls. But her skill set and her wizardry was in dinner. It really was in dinner, and it was with ground beef. Um, man, it was with ground beef. Cause, so I didn't eat this as a kid because I hated it. I, I'll eat it now. Um, but it was uh, stuffed green peppers. And she would stuff that green pepper with so much that, I mean, it was a pound of burger, but she would fill that burger. The trick for her and the amazing aspect was when she made meatloaf. She could take a pound of meatloaf, she could still do this, take a pound of meatloaf and like double its size. Amazingly double its size. I don't know how she does it, but she does it. When I asked her how to make it, she just said, you put some of this and some of this and some of this, and there you go. Well, how much of this and how much of this? I don't know. I just throw it in there. And it always tasted really, really good and ended with Campbell's soup on top of the meatloaf. Like, who puts Campbell's soup with meatloaf? But man, it's really, really good. And that is my favorite meal. That with rice pudding. She could do what no one else could do we literally would have nothing and she would make something out of that and that meal itself every one of us had our fair share every one of us had our fair share around the table and we got up from the table full very full 
Well, in fact, my dad actually was the garbage disposal at the table because if we had any leftovers, he would be the one that would finish anything off because my mom would tell him to. Um, and so he would sweat by taking, with each bite, and you'd hear him, oh, then loosen the belt. And then eventually the, the zipper came open, and he's rubbing his belly, and then the conversation would later be, you need to lose weight. Well, right? <laughs> um, but we were all full. Every single one of us was full. Have you ever been so full, like sick full? Like so full that you did have to unbuckle your belt, unzip your pants, wish you had your stretchy pants full, where you really couldn't breathe very well. It was the shallow breath because if you took the deep breath, you knew something was coming up. And you didn't want to taste it in reverse. That type of fool? Well, maybe it's just me. Because I've been there and done that way too many times. But isn't it crazy how we can eat to our fullest, especially at a buffet, and then like two or three hours later, you're hungry again? Like, you're sifting through the pantry, you're opening the, the refrigerator door, and you're hungry. Or it could be the next morning. But it's the way of the body, is it not? It's the way we're designed. You eat, you're full, you have to eat again. Like a full eight hours of sleep only rejuvenates you for so long. Exercise, I'm sorry to break it to you, but one day of exercise in your entire life doesn't work. You actually have to like continue in the process, right? I really do wish, I just said it to, to T earlier today, man, or no, uh, Kanita. She said, I, I, I'm granting wishes because she had a unicorn top on. And I said, well, I wish I could sleep for one week and not have to sleep the rest of my life. Like, I wish we could eat one time a month and not have to eat the rest of the month. I mean, just think of the savings, right? But I love food. But we are designed in such a way that we expend what we consume. We're not designed to consume, 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 consume. And regardless of what you think, even if you're not out running around, if you're sitting on your derriere, you are still expending the energy that you have consumed. And at some point in the day, you're going to have to eat something. You're going to have to go and get that water. If you drink your gallon of water a day, eventually you're going to need to drink a little bit more water. That's the way we're designed. It's not just the way of the body. It's the way of our soul. It's the way of our spirit. We are designed to expend in our soul. We're not designed just to merely consume it. But we're designed to expend it. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, He said, I have come to give life, that you may have life, and have it to the full, to the brim, running over. I have come... Jesus Christ, the one who said of himself, I am the way, 
I am the truth and the life, and also the one who said, I am the resurrection and the life. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. But you and I both know that no one can give what they do not have. Right? None of us can give something we do not have. Well, Paul clears this whole issue up. Paul said, For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, in Jesus. That the fullness of who God is, the fullness of His love, the fullness of His holiness, the fullness of Him, His character, His nature, was right in Jesus. And He was pleased to give it. In fact, he continues in Colossians 2.9, For in Christ the fullness of the deity, the fullness of deity, the divine fullness of God is in Jesus. And Jesus said, I have come that they may have life. I don't know about you, but I would like to be fully alive. Fully alive. Brimming, spilling over alive. Not just getting by alive. Not just mere existence alive. But fully alive. Wouldn't you? Don't you? Apparently not. God desires you to be fully alive. Folks, whether you're 85 or you're 5, or you're somewhere in between, God desires you to be fully alive in Him and because of Him. Well, you see Jesus, you see God. But I think one of the things is that we fail to see and understand. When Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest, he continues. He not only says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I think we stop there. Man, I want it. Come on and give it to me. God, I'm praying for it. And I'm waiting for it. Where's it at? God, I've been coming to church for a long time. You ain't seen it yet. We fail to continue to read. Because we find not a secret, but we understand the mystery a little bit. It becomes a little revealed. And he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Folks, in order for you and I to live life to the fullest, to receive the life that is full in Christ, there has to be an emptiness that occurs in your life. For you to have fullness, you have to empty what you have in your life. That's the paradox, that's the conundrum, that's the issue. And I think that's the problem for a lot of us. Jesus himself 
emptied himself. In fact, Paul, in Philippians chapter 2, there's this thing called a kenotic hymn. It's all about Jesus. It's the emptying hymn. The emptying of Jesus. And Paul writes, your attitude should be the same of, of Christ Jesus. Granted, man, I struggle with that. How many of you in this room struggle with that? Especially when you want to throat punch somebody. You struggle with it. But he says, who, being in the very nature of God, confirming what we've just talked about, that Jesus was the fullness of God, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped. We're not running after equality with God. Jesus was already with him. He was one with the Father. And the Father was one with him. But then it says, but he made himself nothing. And if you, some of your versions in the scripture will actually say, in that phrase, it actually says he emptied himself. He literally poured himself out, voided himself. Wednesday night, Matthew, or actually Wednesday afternoon, Matthew was in the office, and he had one of those little, uh, um, what do you call them, paper hole makers, the little clamp thingies. There you go. Wow. I need to sit down. He had a hole punch. And he was punching holes in cups. These little eight-ounce cups. I said, you're preparing for tonight's game, aren't you? He said, yeah. I said, you're going to have them carry water in the cups and try to fill a bucket, aren't you? He said, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I thought, okay. This is, could be disastrous or this could be really, really fun. And so I, I kind of, in the break, while, while on Wednesday night they, they get in little clusters and groups of three or four and they, they share about their heart or what's been going on or they answer a question and then they pray for each other I just kind of snuck out and I went to the door and I started watching and I got to the point at the, the, the best, best possible point when Alizé was just dumped water all over her it was great um, but they were running back and forth and the cups you can see the cups were just the water was pouring itself out and they were trying to fill the bucket with a, cups full of holes folks that should be you and me. That cup should be you and me. Because as we're getting full, we're emptying ourselves. You cannot live life to the fullest until you begin to empty yourself. It's not getting up from the table going, oh, I do wish I had my stretchy pants on because this is really uncomfortable. We're to expend that energy that we have consumed. You are not designed to consume, 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 consume. Because if you want to live life to the fullest, you've got to lay down life that you have. Whatever life that you currently have. And for some of you today, it could be literally crossing the line of faith. For the first time in your entire life. You may have been coming to church. Your wife or your mom or your dad may have been pulling you by your ear saying, you're coming. 
And for those of you that are forcing people to come, thank you. I'm really glad you're here because we, we do love you. We want you here. Um, but maybe for the first time in your life, you know you need to cross the line of faith. And emptying yourself may be saying, Jesus, I, I give you my life. I just, I give you my life. But for some of you, there may have been people in your life from even when you were a kid that was taking life from you. And you're holding on to whatever life you have. But when you say, Jesus, I give you my life, that will be the first time that no one is taking something from you that you're not willing to give. And that will be the first time that when that portion of you is given, when that all of you is given, that you are going to get and gain something so much more than what you give. That's the way of the kingdom. That's the way of Jesus Christ. He lays down His life that you may have fullness. He empties Himself so that you can be filled, but not only that you can be filled, but that you can empty. So today, for you it may be crossing the line of faith. For you it may be giving those portions of life that you've been holding on to as long as you possibly can. That you have white knuckled it. And I can tell you, you're getting stressed out with it. But for some of you, you might actually feel like you are living life to the fullest. You have the great family. You have the house. You have the cars. You have a great job. You have retirement. You're not necessarily living paycheck to paycheck. You have time for leisure. And you're thinking, man, I'm living life to the fullest. For the first time in my life, I feel like I'm living a full life. And to you, I say, man, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. There may be some good things in your life. There's still a void in your soul. And you're really not experience the fullness that you were designed to experience because you are designed to experience the fullness of God's love for you, in you, and through you, and around you. That's when fullness starts to happen in your world, and in your life, and in your mind. When you're experiencing what you have been created to experience, what you've been designed to have and know and give. You are not at your fullness until you are fully loved. And that can only happen because of the one who is love. As John says, the disciple, the apostle says, God is love. That's when fullness starts to happen in your life.
Though some of you, some of you sitting here, may have already received Jesus and said, you know what, I've given him my life. That's great. But you might be saying what I said earlier. God, I've given you my life. I've asked you in. Where's the fullness? I'm waiting for it. I have yet to experience it. Where is it? I want it. You may be struggling, not experiencing the fullness of God in your life. You've seen other people. You've seen them experience. You're like, wow, that's great. It ain't happening to me. Where's it at? I think part of the problem with that, that we may be experiencing that, experiencing with that, is that we may have come to the conclusion it's just me and God, right? It's just me and God. I don't need the church. I don't need people. It's just me and God. All I need is a nice port swing or a nice comfortable seat. God and a cup of coffee, definitely a cup of coffee. That's all I need. The woods, the tree stand, walk on the beach, it's all I need is me and God. We've been convinced in our culture that we are weak if we ask for help. That we are a DIY culture. It's Pick yourself up. Dust yourself off. Do it on your own. And if you ask anyone for help, then you're weak. Folks, if you're in the just me and God mentality, I'm just going to tell you right now, we may be be self-indulgent, but God is not. God is not self-indulgent in any way, shape, or form. That is not who He is. You were designed, created to be in community with one another. Well, we need to go back. Go back to that scripture in Colossians. It says, For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, Jesus. For in Christ, all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. And then He says this, And you, you have been given fullness in Christ. Wait, whoa, 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 wait a second. Is this kind of like a math equation? Yeah, kind of is. I think it's transitive property. If there's a teacher out there that knows this, please help me. We're going to try this out. God, if God is fullness, which He is, and His fullness is full, and then Jesus receives that fullness, if A equals B, right? Am I getting there? Transitive property. And then Paul says, 
you have, you have the fullness of God in you. If A equals B, and B somehow, yeah, guess what? You've got the fullness of God in you. If you are in Christ, you have the fullness of God in you. And let me just tell you this. If you're in the church, or if you're in Christ, you're in the church. Folks, we just heard earlier, fullness happens when you empty yourself. When you expend what you have been given out. It's kind of this process. You have the fullness of God in you. You can experience experience that. But where is it? Where is the fullness of God? we got to go a little further. There's this moment in the book of Ephesians. And if you don't know the book of Ephesians, it's a letter that the Apostle Paul, Paul was a, in his previous profession, he was a Christian killer. He voted for the death of the first martyr, Stephen. Great name. And he voted for many other deaths, arrests, and persecutions of Christians who were following Jesus. He had a life transformation because he met Jesus. And then from that moment on, he began to preach Jesus. Dead and resurrected. And he was a church planner, and he was a missionary, and he had spent three years with this group of people in Ephesus, Many people came to Christ through him, and there's this church that happens in in the city of Ephesus. In his last moments, passing through, he met with the elders from that church and said some wonderful words about them, but eventually Paul gets imprisoned. And we have the letter of Ephesians. He's writing back to that church, to the people that he knew from prison, And he writes this prayer in the middle of his letter. Chapter 1. And I'm going to read it, um, the prayer in its entirety. Chapter 1, verse 15. He says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your hope for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. You can tell he's warm for his, his people. He loves them. Remembering you in my prayers, as we often do here, whether it's Sunday night or in staff meeting, we remember you in our prayers. I keep asking that God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and is an incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of His mighty strength, which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion 
and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. But I want you to see the next verse. And God placed all things under his feet, Jesus' feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Transitive property. If God, if Jesus, and you. Where's the fullness of God come into play? Right here. In you. In his body. In his church. And let me make this very clear. Church is not four walls. Church is people. It's you. We experience the fullness of God by experiencing the church. Because you are the one that has the fullness of God within you. And as you empty yourself into other people, other people empty themselves into you. By just simply praying over someone, by simply encouraging them and letting them know, hey, I love you. By simply carrying something for them. By financially supporting them when they need it. By encouraging them. By just loving them. By serving them. The fullness of God gets dispersed when we're in community. And if you've been wondering, God, where's the fullness of God? Where is it in my life? i got to ask a question. Have you fully invested yourself in the body of Jesus Christ? Because if you haven't, then that's probably one of the reasons you're not experiencing the fullness of God that He has and wants and desires for you. Because He wants you to experience him in a very real and tangible way and how does he do that he does that through you i had a conversation this week because this was definitely not the sermon that i was supposed to be preaching this week i had a conversation this week that began my wheels to turn um well jessica would you mind coming coming up um See, we were supposed to be still on the sermon, um, those that religion rejected. And uh, as I was praying through this week, I kept coming up against the wall, going this, that, we're not supposed to talk about that this week. And too many things lined up, and this is one of the things that lined up. This is Jessica Swink, and... uh, if you don't know her, uh, I'd like to introduce you to her. Um, Jessica, how long have you been coming to Wapak Naz? I think I've been coming roughly four years. Let me see if that's on. Yeah, right there. <laughs> Maybe about 
about three years off and on. Three years off and on. What what actually, what was the catalyst to bring you here to Wapak Nance? Um, I started coming to the trunk retreats and the Easter extravaganza and just had family or friends that came here who pushed me, who said, well, why don't you go to church? You and the girls really need to come to church. And <laughs> I did. I made that step and... We came and we haven't looked back. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully. What, what's kept you here? Everyone here. This is awesome. The family, the love, the people. That's what keeps me here. And when did you receive Jesus in your life? Um, probably two years ago in yep. April. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in what capacity uh, do you serve here? And, and where, what other things are you involved in here through, through Wapak Naz? You're in life group. I'm in a life group, yeah. You're in Thursday morning life group. Yeah, I'm you don't just come to church, and, and you clean here. And I also clean here, yes. um, And uh, so uh, she was cleaning on Thursday. Um, I was in my office. Matthew was in his office. And you came up saying, where's the vacuum? I don't know where the vacuum is. <laughs> and so um, from just the need for a vacuum, we, we started to have a conversation. And, and I'd like for you just to, to share um, with us what you share with me. Um, he had asked me, he always asked me, how's your week going, how's things going for you? And I just thought, you know, this is the time I need to just say what's on my mind. And I was struggling, like, just personally. Like, I was really, like, my heart was angry. had a lot of issues, family, friends, just with some... Pastor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Just things going on that I just was having a hard time. I felt drained. Like, I feel like I give so much to family and friends. And I was to a point, like, I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I prayed about it. And the next morning, I had a friend call me, and I haven't heard from her in quite a while. And she says, come walk with me. Let's go walk. Let's go exercise. I was like, yeah, let's do that. That would be nice. And as we were walking, you know, I'm like, I'm struggling. She exercises all the time, and I was like, oh, I can't keep up with you. Remember, you can't <laughs> just can't. exercise one day yeah. in your life, right? Yeah. But I did. She pushed me, and she pushed me. And the second trip around walking three miles, I was like, no, I'm done. But she's like, one more time, Jessica, one more. Push it. And as we're walking, she's like, who's feeling you? I was like, what? And she said, who's feeling you? And I was like, at that point, I was like, wow, who is filling me? And that was just a moment, and that's what we were talking about. Like, you know, I realized there's a lot of people who depend on me, but I also need to depend on other people and take, take that in. A lot of times I have a hard time with accepting help or even talk, and I, I realized I need to do that. I need to let people in and let it, you know. Just let them help me when I need it. And uh, so your your statement, the statement that she made to you, who's filling you? Um, it's a very applicable statement for our own life. Um, and you are you are filling other people um, quite a bit. One one of the ways you do fill other people, um, Jessica is actually the the first first individual in our congregation to actually outside of staff outside of Matthew and myself to lead an eight-week Bible study Jessica just started leading an eight-week Bible study with with our friend Rhonda um, 
and uh, you've, you've actually been pulling other people into that study along with you. Uh, your friend Shauna, even Kanita, your daughter. How old is she? She's nine years old. Kanita sat down with mom and Shauna and Rhonda in this eight-week Bible study. Um, and you're filling them in there, but you were challenged. So I'm going to push back a little. She didn't know I was going to ask this. but So have you found anybody yet to fill you? I, I do. I have the people in my life who will fill me. I just need okay. to accept it. Okay. So. All right. Well, uh, I, I want to say thank you uh, to you for sharing your story and thank you for filling her throughout the years of being here. And um, we're looking forward to seeing what God's going to continue to do in your life. Can we, can we thank Jessica? Thank you, Jessica. So the question is, who's filling you? Who's filling your life? Um, just this past week on Friday, I was working at the shop, and my mentor came in the shop with his wife. And I stepped out behind the counter, and I said, I just want to say thank you, because you're filling me. And you filled me last week when I needed you. He has been a guide in my life for the last five years, and I can tell you, I would not be half the individual, half the pastor, half the man of God that I am, without him being that consistent individual who pours himself into my life. I can ask him anything. I can share anything with him. And he brings wisdom. And he brings truth and encouragement. Sometimes when I don't, I'm not even looking for it, he's there. Who's filling you? So folks, as we're kind of moving towards the end here, if you're in Christ, you're in the church. It's, it's a both and situation. It's not an either or situation. It's both and. If you're in Christ, you're in the church. And in the church you experience, in the community, not just on this hour and a half on Sunday morning, but in the community, in the body of Jesus Christ, you experience His fullness. And I thank, thank Jessica for making the statement that sometimes she hasn't experienced it because she hasn't let other people in. She just hasn't let them in. And that's a journey that she's starting to walk on. Folks, there's a world that needs the church to be fully alive. One more time. There's a world that needs the church to be fully alive. And if you give and receive among you, if you empty and fill among you, you become so attractive to the world. You realize that you are not here for you alone. You're here for other people. You're not here just to receive. You're not here just to consume. 
You're here to be intentional on a Sunday. You're in life group to be intentional. You're in the community of Christ to be intentional outside of the organization and outside of the walls and outside of life group. You are to give and receive and be intentional within that other people may see this and know this and say, I want the fullness. I want what that is. I got to have it because I'm seeing it in you and it's real. I want it. God wants you to be fully alive. He's designed you to be that way. And for you to be fully alive, you've got to begin to empty yourself so that other people will begin to fill you. So will you please stand? Bow your heads just for a moment. And if this morning God's been speaking to your heart about a few things, but I want to address those that, that know that God has been talking to you about giving your life to Him. And it's very simple. It's not the whole conversation. It's a portion of the conversation, but it's very simple. Just asking Jesus, telling Him, I give you my life, Jesus. I give it to you. Will you just have that conversation with you? Very simply, It's not magical. It's just saying, Jesus, I give you my life. I I just give you it. For the first time, I'm stepping over that line and I'm saying, yes, Jesus. I want what you have for me and I have to give you me in order to have that, to experience you to the fullest So I'm going to ask that you pray that prayer. Jesus, I give you my life. I give you it. It's yours. It's not mine anymore. It's yours. I want you to pour you in me. Jesus, I give you my life. For those of us that are teetering, not experiencing the fullness of God in our life, haven't invested yourself fully in, into His body, haven't opened the doors of your heart, your chest cavity saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to start letting a few people in and I'm going to start to pour myself into other people. If that's you, I, I just want to pray for you as well. God, I I ask that those that are just so reticent, so reluctant to invest, to stick, to open their chest cavity and say, here I am. I, I I want God to use me and I want other people to fill me. I'm right here. Lord, I... I pray that they 
start to step into that to receive the fullness, that they see that the gain is so much more than the give. But they got to give all. <laughs> they got to empty themselves. We've got to empty ourselves. So give us that, that ability, give us that willingness, that discipline to begin to empty ourselves and be intentional in that. And may they begin to see and experience the fullness of God in their life. I love you, Jesus. And I thank you for these people. They mean a lot to me. But they mean so much more to you. It's in your name we pray this morning. Amen. I'd like to ask if there was anyone, anyone in this room, that prayed the prayer, Jesus, I give you my life. I want to see your hand. Can I see your hand? All right. Folks, will you please be love people, loving people to Jesus this week? I love you guys. You have a wonderful Mother's Day, and we'll see you soon.